You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to the Garden Report. I'm Chris Grenham. With me, as always, here, Nick Gelso. Nick, last night, we're recording this Friday morning, following the Celtics' tight loss to the Los Angeles Lakers at the hands of who but Rajon Rondo coming (laughs) back to TD Garden. I, you know, of course, I was reporting on the game with you, and and that's fine, but you've got the, the Celtics fandom behind you as well. So you had a, a little bit more invested in the actual game from that perspective. What was it like as a Celtics fan watching Rajon Rondo in a Los Angeles Lakers uniform alongside LeBron James <laughs> hit a buzzer beater at TD Garden? What was that yeah, like? Yeah, man, it was like the Twilight Zone. I, 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 certainly <laughs> don't, I certainly don't deny my fandom. I'm still a fan. I'm not one of those guys, right? Yeah. So. And you're a, you're a Wizards fan, man. I mean, don't you're one of those guys. That, no, 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 no. <laughs> they just got worse, too. It's a really way. dark place right now. Let's not go there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, it was like the Twilight Zone. I mean, but it was – I just tweeted out about 15 minutes ago. Last night was most definitely throwback Thursday at TD Garden. Yeah. You know, you got KG roaming the parquet pregame and the halls of the Garden. I mean, he had on Rondo jersey, but he was wearing green. Yep. So you're, like, waiting for him to suit up. The dude – he looks like he could still play. You know, you got Rondo out there in a Lakers uniform. You know, you got, I mean, and then you got the Celtics, who I, I'm not really sure if our star wants to even be in Boston. So it's like just so <laughs> screwed up. Like, I, I could just find myself watching the whole thing pregame, particularly when they when everybody was kind of conjugating and thinking, you know, KG spent almost the whole day with Ainge. He was at the practice facility, and yeah. and you know, I'm wondering if he talked to Kyrie at all. And I, I know it sounds like too good to be true, but here's a guy who years ago didn't want to come to Boston, ended up getting here, and once he got here, he said he wished he he played his whole career here. So I mean, who better to talk to Kyrie or AD in the off season than KG? Yeah. So that's that really uh, rhymes, but uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it was weird and and it was so fitting. And I, I got to say, I'm not a Rondo fan. I've never really been, but last night, dude, at the minute it went, it got into his hands when that ball bounced around. I knew, knew that was shot was going in. You knew everybody, twenty thousand people in the arena, millions of people at home, all knew it was going in. The only guy who didn't know it was going in, associated with the Celtics was Kyrie Irving, according to uh, his post-game presser. He kind of, like, you know, smugged off Murph. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, he asked him, you know, I've, you've, you've, he was 
basically saying, you know, you've seen Rondo hit shots like that before, and he's basically like, no, I haven't. And uh, then the, he just the wouldn't say I, anything I, else. It was bizarre. I mean, it really, Kyrie, I mean, I, and I, you know, I'm a Kyrie fan, so I, I feel comfortable saying this. I can honestly say I think that was his worst game as a Celtic. I mean, he came, yes, he, on, the, he came on late, but you're right. He before, before he woke up, he was a little disengaged, honestly, early Oh, on. my God. His body language was horrendous. And I'm watching, purposely watching Kyrie off the ball because what I, I don't know if you could, if you agree here, but what I've noticed this season is, you know, he's been much, much better on defense. I think you would agree, right? Yeah, definitely. Last night, his defense. Dude, like he wasn't even in a defensive stance. He he looked like he was already at the All Star game playing pickup. Yeah, and it's discouraging because I mean, just th- that crowd last night. I mean, just just being at the Garden should make you want to be a part of what's going on there or what can go on. Having the Patriots there, having KG there, you know, you you can't do. Much having all the the Patriots beat LA shirts on everybody. I mean, you can't do much more to prove that there's really no better place to play than Boston. I mean, it's it's one of the yeah. top four, three, four. I don't know, you know. And and again, I mean, I'm I, being a fan here, not not having my 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 broadcaster hat on or whatever. I can't imagine Kyrie wanting to go anywhere else. Like it's just bizarre to me. And and yeah. I, and it's sad that after such a great game, even in a loss. We're st- I'm still here talking about Kyrie Irving's body language and his commentary post game. Chris, it kind of like the dude didn't smile for the last three weeks until Kristen Ledlow mentioned the All Star game. Yeah, I mean he's he's been up and down. He's just I'll never be able to figure him out. So I've kind of stopped. That. Yeah, I agree, and and I've kind of stopped trying to analyze him because, like you said, you could go like all day with this you really stuff. Could. But I mean. You're right. He was pretty disengaged up until the fourth quarter when he was good, but he, he was, was tough on both sides of the ball early on. I mean, bottom line here is the Celtics didn't play. They weren't great on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, they're horrible. And that was led by Kyrie Irving. Like, they were not good. <laughs> but, I mean, the Lakers, they shot 22 of 41 from deep. That's not going to happen a lot. They had a yeah. ridiculous shooting night. Rajon Rondo is not the most efficient guy in the world was seven for 11 you had kyle kuzma 10 for 21 lebron had 28 points i mean javale mcgee was seven of 11 kcp off the bench was six of 11 like they were i i don't know you're not going to get many nights where everyone on that team is clicking and Kyrie did say that he's basically like you know when they're all clicking they're really tough but that doesn't really happen a lot but yeah look what happened the night or two nights before but yeah early on i heard that rondo had told garnett I'm going to have a throwback Rondo game. And when I heard that, I thought, oh, boy, because I've he, seen he it. Was, We've, yeah, I've covered right. it I've, I've, as a fan and as a journalist. And he said it to Terry early on. He hit a three in the early going and said, I'm back home to Terry. And and it was like at that point, you're like, oh, boy, like this is you're, you're kind of in for one. And you're in and for it. Was, and I got to say, really Chris, like, I, I'm not a Ron, like I said, I'm not a Rondo fan. But, I, you know, last night I watched the replay of the game yeah. and his postgame uh, comments to TNT were just perfect, man. I mean, coming from a guy who rarely says anything right, <laughs> yes, he really said it right. I don't know if you heard it, but, you know, he called, they asked what it was like coming back to Boston Garden, and he said it's like coming home, and then he, he went on a a nice uh, little, little rant about Danny Ainge and how Ainge, you know, made him who he is today by believing in him. And it's, again, it's a testament to say, 
or it's an example to say to, you know, the buyout market who maybe you got guys who want major minutes and the Celtics are a little too deep to give major minutes. What it's like yep. to be, you know, a Boston Celtic. And that goes for, for guys like Anthony Davis and, and Kyrie. Young fans don't realize this Anthony Davis situation is very similar to the KG situation in yeah. 2007. Especially with the way his his camp and him are pushing off the idea that he wants to come here. Like, he, you know, that was – KG was very open. Like, when that was happening, it was very out in the open that KG did not want to come to Boston. And people forget about that. Well, and the other similarities are, you know, Davis gave how many years to the Hornets? I mean, he was uber patient. Six years, seven years? How many years? He was well. He was drafted, and he's twenty five years old. I think he was drafted in two thousand and twelve. I believe. It's okay, he's there. He's there seven years. Yeah, he was drafted in two thousand twelve. So yeah, KG. I mean, and 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 Davis has given them ample time to straighten that roster out. And Garnett, similarly, didn't want to leave Minnesota. Now Minnesota had more success during Garnett's prime than than the Pelicans have had. But right. But it's similar in that way too. And then you got a guy. The only difference here, the linchpin, is okay. The Celtics already have Hayward and and uh, and Horford, and Hayward is starting to show small signs of being Hayward. Yep. The only difference here is they don't have Paul Pierce to go on a mission recruiting AD like he did with KG, and Paul Pierce would be Kyrie, and no one knows what the hell Kyrie's doing. Yeah. So it, it, it it's a different NBA today than it was ten years ago, but there are a lot of parallels. There are definitely, definitely, and I think Danny Ainge is under the impression that. It doesn't really matter what AD thinks right now. It doesn't matter what AD's father thinks. I'm pretty sure, and I, part of me agrees with this, that if they were to bring in AD this summer and have him for next season, they would be able to win him over and convince him of the tradition and the history here and the the winning culture and everything that the Celtics have for them. Chris, Chris so we, I, I, I think that's what you know. We're yeah, doing. man, I think that the, the team, Ainge feels that, the Celtics as a whole yeah. feel that. Fans hopefully feel that, but that all changes if Kyrie Irving leaves. Not yeah, only because I don't AD's think that's happening. Come, though. I, I don't, don't think either. that's happening. Not only because Kyrie's or AD would want to come if Kyrie leaves, but also everything that and you know it's worth. We should call this the KG throwback episode, right? Because Seriously. everything KG did to change the culture in Boston could be really tarnished by a guy like Kyrie snubbing his nose and walking. And I don't know. Yeah. Again, I don't think it's going to happen either, but. You know, it's exactly the argument that we're saying right now about AD. Yeah. You know, because last summer or two summers ago, when Ainge picked up Kyrie, no one knew if he was going to renew that contract, and we're kind of like, oh, he just needs a couple years here in Boston. And dude, I don't know. I mean, we're 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 right now we're in, the Celtics are in the midst of a great stretch of basketball, despite the loss last night. Right. And he still doesn't seem very happy. It would be pretty fascinating. Again. I'm on the same page with you. I don't see him going anywhere. But imagine we start next season with no Kyrie Irving on the team and Anthony Davis on the team. Kyrie walks and the Celtics still trade for AD. I'm going to tell you what. Number one, Ainge would do that. Number two. Oh, 100%. That's not going to, yeah. I'm not, again, I'm not. The Celtics are not a more talented or better team without Kyrie Irving. But they do play more freely. Last night. Second unit is the one is the, is the unit that propelled that team and and second and, unit and, looked so good last night and there were points where and I know it was for defensive liabilities or whatnot but at the end of the game where where Brad was subbing out Kyrie so you know I, I don't I don't know man I, I, all I could say is it, it only time will tell whether he stays or goes obviously or, or whether if he does go if it tarnishes the Celtics reputation 
or if it tarnishes Kyrie's. It may be a little bit of both. Let's just hope he doesn't leave. This this discussion is so overdone. Yeah. But I, I swear to God, Chris, I could watch a, – I could film or watch a seven-minute media availability with, with Kyrie, and in the course of that seven minutes, I have him getting his number retired in Boston, winning championships in Boston. Then I have him getting traded out to L.A. with the Lakers and going with LeBron. Then he's in New York. Then he's happy. <laughs> then he's sad. I go through this whole world of, of – uh, I guess uh, I don't even know this whole world of thoughts while he's talking pretty much about nothing because that's kind of he's moody man. I just don't know where he stands. You yeah, know, you knew with and, Rondo, and that's been that's been his thing his entire career. No one's ever know. really known where he stands on anything. I know, and you know, you look at a guy like Rondo. He yeah, he frustrated the hell out of me. But Rondo never wanted to leave Boston. He was a Boston guy through and through. Yeah. You know, and yeah. this AD thing with his father. Like, come on, dude. Like, you're going to bring up Isaiah Thomas. Nobody crapped on Isaiah, you know. Okay, Danny traded him away when he was injured. Danny's a businessman. But then every team he got bounced to since, including the Lakers, really, really struggled with him and didn't treat him great either. All you have to do when you read that statement is look into who Anthony Davis's father and supposedly him and his camp, like Anthony Davis's camp, want him, like where they want him to go. All you have to look at that. So he puts out a statement saying, well, there's no loyalty in Boston. They got rid of Anthony Davis. But, hey, I do want my son to maybe go to the Clippers. Less than two years after the Clippers had a big sit-down meeting at the Staples Center with Blake Griffin telling him, we're going to put your jersey in the rafters. You're going to be our franchise. And then less than a year later, they trade him. Wow, that first is, time I heard Chris Grenham raise his voice. Go ahead, keep going. Same, I like this. That is the same, if not worse, than what Danny Ainge did with Isaiah Thomas. So everything that Mr. Davis is saying here is total BS. <laughs> like, it's gone. It's out the window. Let, because you're making, it's just so inconsistent. Let's add to that. You know, he wants his son to play in L.A. with the most disloyal player to teams in NBA history, <laughs> LeBron James. I mean, it's not even a year removed of him screwing over his hometown for the second time. Yeah, I, so, I don't I think mean, I, I think it's I think it's pretty clear that Anthony Davis's father's statement is just pretty much irrelevant. It's like, yeah, whatever, man. Like just I, I'd like to know what their relationship is because I, I mean I, I'm assuming they have a great relationship, but for if I were AD, I'd be like, Dad, shut up. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? I I, I don't know. I, also again Also again. is is he's a junior? Did I, we know this? Anthony that was Davis Anthony Jr. Davis Sr. With well, the there's Marcus Morris Sr. I had I met no Marcus I... Morris Jr. the other night. What a cute kid! I had oh, he's adorable. He's adorable. Oh, man. He I is. had no idea that Marcus or Anthony Davis was a junior. I didn't know that. But either way, um, that's where my head's at. Um, <laughs> I I think you know there's a lot of ways you could go with the AD news. Real quick, before we jump into a, some of that trade deadline stuff, let's talk about the bench. Really briefly, because last night they were really good. You had Jalen Brown, who has been on a tear the last month. Ugh, Seven for ten for so the field. Welcome. 18 points last night in 25 minutes. Daniel Tice last night. Amazing. Nine for 11, 20 points, six boards, 22 minutes. And Terry Rozier, Rozier, 19 points, six assists, four boards, 19 minutes. Like, that production is much, much needed. What did you think about the bench last night? That was pretty huge, right? I'm going to add to that, Gordon. I know he didn't have big numbers, but if Gordon... He was good on the defense. He was the only guy who was good on the defensive side of the ball. If he continues to play defense the way he is, he continues to get confidence uh, penetrating and dunking the ball, 
he then has – and if he could just start connecting on some jumpers, he does not have to score 15 points a game. He could score 9, 8, 9, 10, but he's a threat again. And if yeah. he's a threat again, they have to defend him, and that yeah. opens up the court. And I'm But you're just, right. That starts with that outside shot. You're it does. On. And Chris, I'm watching the trade deadline yesterday, and as as a uh, you know, in the in the being in the media covering the Celtics, you know, as as smart as it was for Danny to stay in Pat, you're kind of like, well, we feel a little left out here. Everybody's getting better around us. And then I'm thinking to myself, it's almost like the off season again. Wait a minute, we we've been playing with 20 percent of Gordon Hayward. If by the playoffs he could be at 80 percent, we just traded the Celtics just traded for Gordon Hayward and brought That's him in for the playoffs. That's an acquisition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so and I'm really excited after that Cleveland game, and I was very excited after the Cleveland game. I thought, you know what, let him string two in a row. Um, seeing him against the Lakers last night, though he didn't put together good numbers, seeing his body language, the way he's running, yeah. dunking the ball. You know, playing defense and he's moving really well laterally now. I'm starting to get a little bit excited about the the future when Gordon does get back to 60, 70, 80 percent. And if Brad keeps him on the bench, dude, that's going to be lethal. Lethal. Absolutely lethal. And I mean, you're right. That outside shot opens up a lot of his game. And once he gets that going, it's going to be dangerous. And that bench unit is going to be huge. And you could, of course, see him move back into the starting lineup. But you talk about acquisitions. You talk about getting Gordon Hayward yeah. in the equivalent of a trade trade deadline yesterday. Came and went. Not a busy day for the Celtics, but a big victory of a day for the Celtics. Celtics were able to get rid of Jabari Bird, which yep. in its own Huge. right, just it, just for everyone's sake, is great Albatross. because you can yep. kind of throw that behind you. It's, it's over. He's still on trial, obviously facing charges for domestic violence, but... That's now behind us. So essentially what they did is every I had a lot of people on Twitter asking me yesterday, you know, how did they get the Hawks to do this? Why would any team be willing to do this? Um, they essentially bribed the Hawks to do this. And it sounds weird, but this happens a lot of times. Teams will pay other teams to take on a player and waive him. And it just right. makes it, – within the collective bargaining agreement, it makes a lot of things easier. So what they did was they sent Jabari Bird and a lot of cash over to the Hawks so that cash covers them to take on his contract and then waive him. And now he's gone. He's a free agent, whatever. That's fine. They also sent over the Hawks to the Celtics to make the trade complete. The second round pick that is basically like top 48 protected. It's extremely protected. It will never convey. The Celtics will never see it. So essentially right. they just gave it to the Hawks. But bottom line here is that opens up that roster spot. And now they can go into the buyout market and potentially get someone to help off the bench. And I'll, I'll elaborate on this a little bit in a few, but it, this can help in an Anthony Davis trade this summer for salary cap reasons. But before we get to that, the buyout market, Celtics, you, you, you hit on it earlier. They don't have minutes to give, so it's not like they can go get someone here that's going to want 20 minutes a game, that's going to want 15 minutes a game. There's a lot of big names out there. Doesn't work for the Celtics like that. Like Ennis Cantor doesn't work. DeAndre Jordan is now going to stay with the Knicks, but if he were there, doesn't work. Um, do you want him to go get a big? Do you want him to go get a wing? Like, there's a lot of dudes in this buyout market. Where do you yeah. see him going, and what would you I, like? I, I think see? they have to get a big. I mean, they yeah. have to fortify that position because, though I love Baines, he's just been unreliable with injuries this year. And 
There's some talent. I mean, isn't Brooke Lopez out there? I mean, there's some. I mean, you want to talk about injuries? Ro- Robin Lopez. Robin, Robin Lopez. Lopez yeah. But there are there is some talent out there that you could get. And again, this is so cliche, but you could get a PJ Brown type guy who can make an impact yeah. in yeah. the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think they have to go out and get a big. I think that they're they're where where they struggle is in shot blocking and rim protection, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I think that they could and, go get and, Markeith Morris. <laughs> there you Imagine. go. We won't know which is which. Imagine Remember the, the Wizard series? We thought one of the series not too long ago. We thought maybe Markeith was playing in place of more. Marcus. I think it was the Sixers series last year. He was wearing his brother Markeith was yes. on the sideline wearing Marcus's yes. jersey, and people were like, "Wait a minute, what the what the hell's going on?" I'll tell you what. If Markeith is anything like Marcus has turned out to be, even though he kind of struggled last night too, but if he, anything he turned out to be, I take him. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, I mean yeah. the Celtics. If they're going to want to play fast pace, which uh, you know last night obviously they didn't want to against the Lakers, but in in, a, in I think that the Celtics are are very well when they're when they have Jalen and, and Jason and a healthy Hayward running the wings, running that fast break is 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 very very vital to their success, and you don't do that without a rim protector and a rebounder, right? You can't yeah. outlet the ball if you can't get defensive rebounds, so right and protect the rim, you know. So I, I mean. To, uh, Tice filled in great last night, but and I think he will throughout uh, the rest of the season in the playoffs. But I, I do think the Celtics needs one more big in there that could just kind of beat people up around the rim and, and waste six fouls. Yeah, and again, it's tough because they can't. They won't bring in Cantor. Cantor sucks right. on the defensive side of the ball, and right. also he'll just be too expensive, and right. they can't and give him the minutes, minutes he's looking for. Yeah. yeah, and the same thing probably goes for a guy like Robin Lopez. They can't really give him the minutes. They just don't have those minutes to go around and that's a blessing and a curse in this situation because the depth is awesome but kind of limits you in this regard not really gonna go get zach randolph i don't think that's gonna happen i mean there's a lot of good wings out there too like wayne ellington but he's gonna be very sought after milos teodosic is out there but he's probably gonna go back to euro league from what i've heard michael beasley i mean it's an interesting market but i think the most important Thing here is what it means down the road so we're gonna get yeah, a little sal- a little salary cap nerd here but it's definitely worth going into yo before you go further with with the salary cap discussion i mean dude if th- last night's game wasn't the perfect game to uh you know place a wager i don't know what is and and recently i've been placing my bets on betonline.ag using the, the promo code clns50 I got 50% back on my first deposit. I suggest you guys do it too. You could bet on anything from, hey, the Anthony Davis sweepstakes as of before 3 p.m. yesterday to where will Kyrie be in uh, the offseason to how the Celtics will fare against the Clippers on Saturday night. So go to uh, betonline.ag, use the promo code CLNS50, support Chris and I, Celtics blog, CLNS Media, and place a bet, will you? Place a bet. Place a bet. You could also place a bet on where the Celtics go in the buyout market. That'd be nice. You right. could create your own. That would be lovely. But again, it could very well be someone pretty relevant. Uh, I mean, again, th- this is someone who is going to want to sign a two-year contract. None of those guys we just mentioned are going to want to sign two-year deals. Right. They're going to want to be those rental players and then go into the go into the summer of this offseason and make a lot of money. That's not what the Celtics are looking for. The Celtics have their mid-level exception which essentially means that they're going to sign a two-year deal with the Celtics, whoever they bring right. in. They're going to use that for a two-year contract, and they're going to use that 
as part of the salary matching in a potential trade for Anthony Davis this summer. So it gives them about 4.5 to 4.7 million. Shout out Danger Cart for doing that math. 4.5 <laughs> yeah. to 4.7 million in salary matching towards Anthony Davis this summer. That helps. Teams don't have that kind of leeway in terms of contract matching going into a trade this summer. The Celtics now do. So that really opens someone up. So again, whoever they bring in here, it's going to be on a two-year deal, which is, you know, most of these guys, the big names at least, are not going to be looking for that. But this is a really big leg up in the AD sweepstakes. Now, if we do go to that, so you've got this salary matching piece included. Is Jason Tatum in this deal? Is where, where do the Celtics go? Because the Celtics are in the party now. They were sitting on the outside. They were looking inside the bar. All their friends were inside. They were all partying with Anthony Davis, and Danny Ainge was left outside. Now you know what, Chris? Thursday I'm going to interrupt passed, you they got, they got let in. I think uh, the Pelicans and Danny Ainge were having their own little party. You think um, so? Because I don't think the Pelicans ever intended to to trade AD to the Lakers. I 100% agree. I, wanna, so, I 100% agree with that. So now it's a matter of – Do you think that was we, more of a setup than just yeah, not intending I mean, I, I know, it as a leverage I know, piece? I know from our partners out in L.A., uh, they certainly feel that way, the Lakers Nation guys, um, you know, that it was a setup and they're hearing that. So yeah. I think it's awesome. I mean, you, the the Pelicans, I mean, I think two shows ago we were talking about, well, but it's the Pelicans. But, hey, dude, they came in and they punked LeBron James in his first year trying to recruit teammates. Now, this is Paul George and Anthony Davis. Now, granted, it wasn't Davis's decision. The Pelicans did it, but – they punked them. They punked Magic Johnson, and they punked the Lakers. And really, they punked the league because they showed that. And I don't know if this doesn't bode well very well for the the Celtics if you look at it this way. But the 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 legendary franchises, the the legacy making franchises, are not quite so important anymore. It's a testament to where the NBA is today that it's a it's a players' league, not a teams' yeah. league. Yeah. And, uh, and but honestly, yeah, I think, uh, honestly, yeah. good for the Pelicans too. Yeah, I'm with man. you because I mean, the Pelicans. Uh, I mean, granted, this was clutch sports in Rich Paul more so than the Lakers, yep. but yep. there was some clear tampering here. Like, it's a no-brainer. And shout out Giannis last night at the All-Star oh, draft, great. you know, calling out LeBron, which was really funny. Yeah. But if you're the Pelicans, you're like, screw you, man. We were we were just going to coast into the offseason. We were going to deal with this when it hit in the offseason. But you guys had to come in and blow yep. this up. And now we had to go through this for the last month. And everyone won't shut up about it. So we're going to screw with you. And we're going to do all of this, you know, quote, negotiating, even if it wasn't real, in public. And we're going to screw you guys over. And I thought it was great. but I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. But let's, real quick, go over to the Eastern Conference. Obviously, a yeah. lot of these teams loaded up. You had Marcus Gasol going to the Raptors for C.J. Miles, DeLon Wright, Jonas Valanciunas. You had Markel Fultz getting traded out of Philadelphia. They can now move on. But the Sixers bring in Tobias Harris. They And honestly, they brought in a pretty good pick with that OKC protected first back uh, in that Markel Fultz deal. The Bucks brought in uh, Nicole Miritich. I mean, this Eastern Conference playoff picture is going to be so much fun down the road. They absolutely loaded up. Who's your favorite right now? And who do you see in the Eastern I Conference still, Finals? I still have the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, Chris. I know I sound like yeah. a homer. But if this team, I think, even with all the moves, first of all, hats off to, to Brett Brown, man. Yeah. I mean, what he's done with that team, and, and that team was a friggin' disaster when he took over. You know, So what he's done 
in reg- and, and what he did on the trade deadline really puts them in a, in a better position if they gel. Because right now you have to kind of – I have to kind of see how all these new additions in all these locations are going to work out. Because as we learned this year, chemistry is a big determining factor in wins and losses because the Celtics have struggled with that. So that leads to my next point. If the Cel- So looking at the starting lineups or rosters, one through, you know, whatever, 12 uh, – I still think the Celtics, if if they gel, and which they seem to be now, they're starting to. If they can get Kyrie, you know, back in in a, in 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 a in a good state of mind, along with playing out of his mind the way he has been, with the exception of last night, I still think they're the best on paper in the East, and they come out of the East. Yeah, and playing, I mean, go ahead. And, and the and the Bucks, I think right now are the best team. In the Eastern Conference. They're but playing the best. They are. And Miritich really helps them. It they helps needed them. a shooter. Like, bringing him in to have that perimeter presence is great. Last year, they had a really good team that was centered around Giannis. Of course, they're still centered around Giannis. But they couldn't space the floor. It just yeah. That's not the way they operated. Their current roster spaces the floor so damn well. Probably the best, in my opinion, of any offense besides Golden State in the entire league. So... That's really great, but that matchup with the potential a potential matchup with the Celtics concerns me for the Bucks, God. just because it doesn't work on the defensive side of the ball. Like who say Miritich is in, that's a mismatch. I don't know who that they're just gonna they're right. just gonna target him to death. The Celtics are so I still don't see them matching up that well with Boston. Of course they're gonna be there down the stretch run because the Bucks are just unbelievable. But I don't know. I think I would give Toronto the upper hand to Milwaukee and I still don't fully trust the Sixers because they have a great core four there like really really good don't get me wrong but if one of those guys isn't there or the four aren't working all healthy or all together on the floor it's a problem they don't have a lot of depth now if they go into the buyout market and go get a guy like Wayne Ellington change the story like that is huge if they could get a perimeter shooter like that but their lack of shooting and their lack of depth Still does kind of concern me. So I, I kind of like what you're saying about the Celtics still being there down the Yeah, street. it sounds kind of homerish. I mean, when you look ah. at when you look at Milwaukee, I yes, they made great moves. Yes, they're already the best team in the Eastern Conference playing wise. And yes, they have Chris Middleton, which is a Celtics killer. I mean, I, I'm always whenever he's in a in a game against the Celtics, I'm like, what's this guy going to do tonight? You know, yeah, like he, had, he had nine hundred. He had nine hundred million points last year in the playoffs <laughs> against the Celtics. I mean, come on, dude. He's like the Andrew Tony of the Bucks. And speaking of Andrew Tony, that leads me to the Sixers. Sixers, to me, were a, and I'm going to get killed by Sixers fans, but having covered that entire series last year, they're a mentally weak team, and I don't see any new acquisitions, including Jimmy Butler, making them mentally tougher. Now, I may come to regret that, but I also covered the Bulls Celtics series when Rondo got injured and Jimmy Butler just quit. So I'm not convinced with the Sixers. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I don't like their depth. I don't like like their structure. I, again, it really would change my thoughts if they were to go get someone like Wayne Ellington, a 3 and D wing or someone who can really help them shooting because – I have I have wanted that team to go get a shooter for so long just because they need that depth. They need that shooting depth, and they don't have it. They don't have it. And again, that depth really becomes an issue if, say, Tobias Harris goes down or Jimmy Butler goes or, down. Or and J.J. Still, Redick is, not, or, is off for one Or I J.J. Mean, Redick is off, yeah, because yeah. he's their only real shooter. I mean, obviously now they got Tobias Harris. Who's right, great, Tobias but, Harris helps Redick yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I don't know. They just... 
concern me on a couple levels. I also just hate the way their half-court offense runs. I think it stinks. Uh, But it's going to be a lot of fun down the stretch. Eastern Conference got a whole lot better yesterday, and it's getting up there, man. The the Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be right in line with the West. Maybe more fun, in my opinion. And and look at it this way. This may be the first playoffs where – LeBron James is not in the mix in in recent history. I think since two thousand seven, right? Yeah, and I could so definitely six. see him say they're out of the playoff race in the next couple of weeks. Here, with about twenty games left, I could see him shutting down and just stopping and and kind of taking the rest of the season off, whether it's an injury or whatever. I could. See well, him. when you look at him, he's not slowing down from a productivity standpoint, but he is slowing down in regards to recu- recovering from injuries. Yeah, he is, so, and he knows that. So I think yeah. some time off wouldn't hurt him, and I could see that happening. But either way, Celtics get another West Coast opponent. They get the Clippers coming up on Saturday night at Before 8 o'clock. Before you move up into the Clippers, i got to ask yeah. you this. So. Yeah. Is it... Do you feel that the, the the Pelicans shutting down the Lakers? This may be a stupid, you know, obvious question. The, the Lakers shutting down Anthony Davis takes the Lakers out of the equation in the offseason? Uh, no, but it definitely hurts them a lot because they now have no leverage. And, like, they got their pitch. They gave it their all. And so now it's a, it's a second thought if you're the Pelicans. And so, yeah, I think that hurts. Also, if you're the Pelicans, there are teams with better packages out there, with better assets, i.e., Danny Ainge, hello. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think, like, why would you go back and send him to the Lakers? You keep him within your conference? Like, why do that? It's, yeah. it's a similar thing with the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard. People mm-hmm. were talking about, oh, they're going to trade him to L.A. No, it's the team's choice. Why would they keep him in their conference? There's right. zero reason to do that. So if right. you're the Pelicans, your ideal scenario is you send him to the Eastern Conference. So, yeah, I think it does hurt them. I don't know if it takes them completely out of play, but – it does hurt him because I think the Pelicans want to just ship him elsewhere because the Lakers know they're probably going to get him in 2020 anyway, even though I don't think that's as set in stone as people say. I think that's right. their mindset, so they can kind of sit back and just say, well, we'll get him in 2020 now, so who knows. But Yeah, I mean, but they're, they're saying the same thing about Kawhi, and I don't think Kawhi's leaving Toronto at this point. Yeah, remember when Paul George was going to the Lakers? Yeah, Paul George was a dead-set Laker. I mean, that was the ultimate. Besides Kyrie wanting to be away from LeBron, the the ultimate fu to LeBron was was Paul George, and I loved it. It was great, and things are working out very well. Very well. OKC this year, the Celtics <laughs> got a good win against them on Sunday, but they're a very well rounded team, really good. Another team that could benefit from a wing in the buyout market, but the Clippers, another guy, another us team that's in line potentially for Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis down the road here, come to town on Saturday night. Then the Celtics travel to Philadelphia. For a yep. nice meeting with Tobias Harris after they play his former team. They play his new team uh, yep. in Philadelphia on Tuesday, which will be a nice Eastern Conference matchup. So, Nick, will be here for all of it. You can stay tuned to clnsmedia.com, on Twitter, at CelticsCLNS, at CelticsBlog, CLNS underscore Nick on Twitter. Did I get that right? Dude, you did, man. What do you, what do you do? You have my Look notifications turned Dang, on. That's, you bet. I have everyone's <laughs> notifications. Everyone's <laughs> notifications on. You follow me on Twitter at Chris Gretham. Nick, I will see you at the garden soon. Yeah, man.
This is Jeff Goodman, host of the Good and Plenty podcast on the CLNS Media Network. We've got two podcasts. Every Tuesday, we've got the NBA edition. Anyway, I've known Boogie a long time, and I like him now. We didn't get along forever. Hold on, ago. man. Hold on. You, you're bringing up Boogie, yeah. Jeff. Yeah. Have you told the story, you, you and Boogie's interaction a few times? That would make for golden podcast material right there. When, when, when he cornered me coming out of STK in, in Vegas. And every Thursday, we've got the College Hoops Edition, where you'll find the top coaches, players, media people. You get insight that you will not find anywhere else. So subscribe to the Good and Plenty Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.